It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team six o'clock sports radio 94 wip joe Gilio with you tucker bagley behind the glass and one of my favorite nights of the entire year on the evening show starts right now for the next four hours we have our phillies roundtable show and how about that Woo! we got the claps go! here i i gave myself two extra minutes we broke early so it's more jack time so wait this was <laughs> that is the most believable thing i've ever heard my I hey guys we got to break early all right just so you know there's extra commercials we need to get on time at six now we're here at 558 <laughs> all right well listen we're excited uh as you can hear james seltzer jack fritz are here the high hopes hour and we get to start off with you guys we got the energy right away the high hopes podcast is here for the next hour jack fritz james seltzer 215-592-9494 if you want to hop in and join us as we got to get set we are two days away from opening day so let's just start with this are you gonna make it jack are you how, how, <laughs> the excitement level? Like, where are you right now well dude i mean i gotta be honest like i'm seeing i'm <laughs> seeing them hit five dingers today and of course, my first thought is like, can we say some of this for the regular season? I don't think anything's going to change. Like, I, I, I need it to be Friday at three oh five. I've already calling it now. I mean, Schwarber's leading off the game with them, <laughs> just like McCutcheon did. McCutcheon, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was didn't awesome. End well, it's going to no, end. No, no, but that was a fun moment. Oh, it was, it was I, a great I, moment. I had yeah. chills sitting here. Yeah. I was almost started tearing up. So, um, <laughs> am I handling this well, Joe? No, I'm not because like I'm just. I need to see how good they're going to be. You know, like they're doing the whole spring training thing. It's great. They're hitting all these home runs. I just need the real thing. I really, I, I need to see if they're good. I need to know they're good. I need to figure out what they're bad at. I need to see if I need to buy a Mickey Moniac jersey. Like there's a lot going on in this. Yeah, well, my guess is you're going to have a Moniac jersey. James, <laughs> excitement level. We're two, So two days from right now, it's let's say it's the – Ninth inning, eighth or ninth inning, two days from right now. We're all excited. They're up on the A's. But where, where are you right now? Give me, give me your excitement level well, as we're almost there. As excited as I am, which is very excited, I always paling it. That's like the dynamic of, of the IOS podcast. I'm excited. Jack is ten times more excited. I can't wait, man. I, honestly, like, we've kind of done this thing the last few years, ever since the Harper signing. It's yeah. been like, all right, we're really excited about this team. We talk ourselves into yes, it. Yes, yeah. and, and they let us down, and they let us down, and they let us down. This year, it feels like the excitement is warranted. Like, this feels real. They went over the freaking tax, man. I what listened, have we talked I about I listened for years? to your podcast right after they signed Castellanos. <laughs> I, was on a, I was going for a run, and I heard you, you opened your podcast, and you were just screaming, and I almost yeah. fell down. Like, yeah. I, I almost tripped because you were so excited. All right. Let, let's start with the thing I think we're all on board with. They're going to hit. Oh, buddy. Okay, so we, we, we will debate how good they are based on the pitching, defense, depth. How good is the offense going to be? Jack, I got in the car today. Yes. And I heard the, the take that Jack likes to roll out, I would oh, say, buddy. once every few months. Better than the 2008. Better than yeah. the 08 offense. Yeah, we all know the take. Right around this time. <laughs> how, how, many, how, how good is this offense? So they haven't scored 800 runs in a season since 09. That was the last time they scored 800 runs. Correct. Which was their 
offensively, numbers-wise, their best offense average in terms of numbers. Yep. 224 with the homers is the most. They had a lot that year. Yeah. I think last year seven teams got to 800. Are they getting to 800 runs? Because that, that feels like the number. Like, if you're at 800, you're a really good offense. If they don't get to 800, something went wrong. I mean, it's not even – I am not. A, I don't even think it's hyper, like, hyper, hyperbolic. Hyperbolic. <laughs> We're all to a roaring well, It's all Marx's fault. Like, with the whole regenerative, you know, now we're – That's all, not an easy word. This, uh, yeah, I know. Well, the whole show is just screwed up now. Like, wait till Ike's Vandal tomorrow. He's going to mess that up. But um, it's just like I think one through six, it, it's it's a combination of really good eyes. I mean, I think I think Schwarber's a good eye. Yep. JT's a little bit more aggressive, but Harper's going to work pitchers. Castellanos, like, I feel like he's going to foul off a 1,000 pitches and then get a pitch he can kind of strike on. Hoskins, we know what he does well. Um, uh, you know, and then Didi, Segura, like they all work pitchers really, really well. So it's just going to be a grind for these guys to consistently keep the Phillies offense down. Now, if it's all health-related. If they can stay healthy, I think 800 runs is, is definitely in the mix here. But what's nice about this team is last year – I bring up that Braves series a lot. They had they went to Atlanta last year, three games out, and like Jorge Bonifacio's in the five hole, and like Brad Miller's playing first base, and Travis Jankowski like Oduble was leading off like once a couple of those games, and it's just like even if they lose one of those guys, you have you have Schwarber to, to step up, you have Castellano to step up, like all and all the pressure is now off guys like JT and 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 Hoskins, and I just think it's a really nice balance between. Home runs, good eyes, working pitchers. It's going to be a struggle. And then once you get to the bottom of the lineup, I mean, Stott's eye, I think, is incredible. Mickey's obviously having a breakout year. Like, <laughs> it's it's a really, really tough lineup to consistently keep down. 800 runs should be the the expectation for this team. And that's about five a game. I think it's like 4.9 a game. Like, that's – if they do that, they're going to win a lot of games. That's a – I mean, it's, I, I think if you go look through the teams, James, that score about five runs per game, it's tough to be bad. You might not be great if you can't pitch and play defense. We'll get to that. But – they're going to win more than they lose if they score five a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're they're in the discussion for a top five offense in the sport. Like, there aren't that many offenses you just look at and say, that one's better, like Toronto, the Dodgers. Like, there are only a couple that are definitively better than the Phillies lineup, and I think they have a real chance to do that. I know it's just spring training, and I'm like, my line every single year is I don't, I don't get carried away with spring training. I barely pay attention to it. Guys are working on stuff, all that, but... It does feel real when you watch this team because it's day after day after day after day, and it's bombs, and it's mashing. And to Jack's point, like, there's no – look, Mickey, you know, we love Mick. Why not Mick? That's our guy. If Mickey – I'm not where Jack is yet, but if Mickey can be, like, a competent, solid niner for you, and Didi obviously is a bit of a question mark, but there are no real holes in this lineup. There's no easy at-bats if those guys come through for you. And I think Stott's going to hit, too. I mean, and the, just the top of the lineup, how potent that's going to be. I think they have a real shot, definitely at 800, and to be one of the, the five or so best offenses in well, baseball. And, and I love – it feels like they're kind of feeding off each other. It, it reminds me a little bit of those Braves rotations from from mm-hmm. the, the 90s where it's like – They want to one-up oh, each other, yeah. Yeah, you're going to throw a complete game, well, I'm going to throw a complete game. Like, you're going to hit one 460, I'll hit one, you know, 470. Like, <laughs> It feels like there's a the, the right vibe is down there, and like I think Schwarber's very important for that. I always thought he was for as important as I thought his bat was. I thought getting Schwarber the guy was equally as important. Well, they didn't have a good vibe. They didn't have a. They and Castellanos have, too. Yeah, there's no winners here. I mean, let's be real. This team before they brought in Schwarber, totally. There's nobody here that's won anything. Well, and that's something that Dombrowski has harped on with these, which signings. I thought was kind of a shot at the guys here. He yeah. didn't say anyone's name, but like we really we missed that. Well, yeah. that's because it was guys fascinating, right? Because yeah. these are guys that you bring in for their bats, for what they do from an offensive yeah. perspective, and they're great signings from that perspective. But these are two guys who really should change this culture. And that's been one of the biggest issues with this team the last couple of years. This culture, like to your point, it didn't. And Jack said this a million times on the podcast. This team doesn't feel like they know how to win. Yep. And it feels like by bringing these guys in, it's that extra juice, that extra kind of push to, to get to that level and to feel like they can win. Once you feel like you can win, then you start winning. So just for reference, last year, everyone that scored at least – Four and a half runs a game had a winning record except the Rockies. And, like, the, forget no, that. It doesn't they're, even count. They're in yeah. Coors Field. Right. Their pitching gives up a million runs. But, like, everyone over five runs a game, it was Houston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, Dodgers. Yep. Like, if you score five runs, and then the next two were White Sox, Giants. Like, if you score five runs All a game, playoff teams. you're going to the playoffs. So the Phillies have that kind of ceiling. All right, what, what are we doing with the lineup? Because I've been watching this all spring training. And it seems like Joe's locked in on Schwarber one, yes. Bryce three, 
Castellanos for, mm-hmm. but like he two, is, he's batted, he is batted Didi ahead of Hoskins like one too many times. I know for, for my life. <laughs> two, five, six, seven. There's a lot going on there. I I don't know what he's doing. I, I'm not sure what he's gonna if this is just experimentation and what's gonna happen in, in the regular season. But James, the one thing I'm not sure of is which Reese Hoskins are we getting right? Because when he was young, he walked a lot, and then last year he seemed to trade those walks for power. I guess that depends on what he's gonna be, where you hit him in the lineup. If he's walking, I I put him two. He's going to hit just for power, 5-6. Sure. Not behind Didi, though. I don't know what that's about. No, no. You that's, need like, a... way too obsessed with the left He right. was seventh yeah. Th- yeah. today or yesterday, yeah. whenever that's it was. That's too low. It's too low. And look, it is – Hoskins is one of those guys who, you know, when you look at this lineup, he's kind of an X-factor guy. He's a swing guy. Yeah. You, you know what you're – or you think you know what you're going to get from Schwarber, Harper, Castiano, Segura, like – a guy like Reese, we've seen the swings, man. Like, he could be one of the best hitters in baseball for a month and then be literally the worst hitter in the sport for a month. I've it never is, seen a, an above-average player so streaky. In my life. In my, I don't ever remember a guy who's that that big a swing. So, yeah, I think it's going to be massive. The one thing I will say is is what we were just talking about, the idea that maybe a little less on his shoulders, a little bit less of that pressure to have to carry the offense, to be like really the only big bopper in the lineup last year outside of Bryce in terms of a guy who's going to hit over 30 home runs. Right. Now, you had two guys like that who can give you that type of, of power. I think hopefully maybe it takes a little off Reese. He's not pressing as much. He's not getting into those funks as much. Hopefully. I don't like him in the two-hole, though, because I thought I thought last year was actually the most consistent Reese has been, and I know that counts with an 0 for 34 streak in the <laughs> middle of there. And that's the most consistent. Yes, yeah. I thought that was the most consistent by Reese. But So you want him five? I Yeah, I want him five because – in the two hole, I Gene. still think I still think his idea is working pitchers, which I, I guess that is what you're supposed to do, he, there, right? When, when he was bad and when he was going through the ups and downs, up and down, I thought he got too obsessed with let me get to a three two count, foul off a ton of pitches, rather than let me try to do damage. And I know theoretically the two holes is supposed to be a spot where guys are looking to do damage, and he yeah. should get fastballs ahead of Bryce Harper. But I think his mentality, the higher he gets up in a lineup, is. I'm going to work this pitcher. When I thought last year he was at his best by jumping on fastballs, being aggressive, and looking to do damage and bring in runs, I thought he was a good run producer last year. And the thing I like early in spring, thinking a lot right center field. That's where he has to stay. Because if he's staying on the ball, that means he's staying through the ball. And him thinking right center field just kind of unlocks his entire potential. So who should be two then? I, 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 I think, think it's Gene. Yeah, I think so too. And he kills lefties. So you figure Schwarber's a lefty, obviously. Bryce is a lefty. Lefties are coming in at the bullpen to face that spot. You sandwich him in there, he's going to get lefties to hit. And he's going to get the bat on the ball, too. I know we want to work counts and stuff, which is important. But he's going to foul off pitches. He's going to get the bat on the ball. He's going to put it in play if Schwarber walks. Like... I, I really like Gene in the two-hole, personally. I'm putting JT there. I, I'm wow. putting JT in the two-hole, and the reason why I'm putting JT is because I think JT is the best base runner on the team, so I think it helps from that standpoint. I agree with that. He How is about the best. that? Just in and of itself, your catcher the best base runner on the he, team. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's pretty it, wild. There's a it says something things. about the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's a good base runner. He is a very good base runner. He is runner. a good base runner. Really um, and for me, I don't like him – I don't like him being a run producer. Like I'm so glad he's not. Uh, the, you the, don't trust him in a big spot. Oh, he's never got a big hit in his life. <laughs> I think that's the analytics on that. But um, in the two hole, he, he's a guy that should get fastballs, and I think he still crushes fastballs. They're not going to want to pitch around him to get, or you know, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to get to Bryce. Like you know, right. so I feel as if JT in the two hole lets him be aggressive, lets him go after fastballs, and and that was the lineup today. I mean, JT has consistently been in the two hole. Um, I would say most of this spring training. And I think they like it from the standpoint of he's going to get fastballs and it lets him kind of be aggressive. And I just like his base running. Segura is like your classic two-hole hitter. Mm-hmm. Like the He always reminds me of Polanco. Like he's always reminded me Polanco-ish, of Polanco-ish, yeah. Yeah, but in a, in, a, in a worse lineup, I guess he would be a, two, a good two-hole hitter. But I think JT makes the most sense for this team. So here's the only issue with that. Like, so, so I'm looking at today's lineup. And, I mean, Jordan's going to figure this left-right thing out, but – well, Didi's now, today he was above Segura. So Segura's down to seven? Feels too low for him. I'd put him six. Especially because well, he's the kind of guy who it, seem, it seems cares about that type of stuff. I was thinking you that. You know what I mean? Like, Gene seems to care about he, perception. He needs his head in the game. Like, Gene Segura's the kind of guy who can kind of go off in his own world once in a while. You need him locked in. And I think in the two-hole, he, he's been locked in when he's in that, that role. Yeah. Well, I actually... Um, the one thing with the bottom of the lineup here, I know he has, I know he has Moniac batting last. What do you think about putting Stott there 
And then it's the basically a second like a turn it over kind of guy. Like he, like if you he worked an eleven pitch at, at, mm-hmm. at bat today. You have him in the nine hole, and then it let it should let Schwarber get up with some runners on base. I I actually think if Girardi's smart, numbers wise, Stott's obviously a better hitter than Moniak. But if you put Stott in the nine hole, you get his on base skills, you get his working pitcher skills ahead of Kyle Schwarber. I think that makes the lineup more potent. Yeah, they could do that. We're listening to the High Hopes Hour here on the Evening Show. James Seltzer, Jack Fritz, why are they in here? It's the High Hopes Pod <laughs> on the Evening Show. It is our Phillies roundtable. we got a lot to get into here. So, uh, look, Jack just brought him up. How real is the Mickey Moniak thing? Because I, I think – I didn't think this – You're asking was, I, the wrong guy. What do I want? No, I, I'm asking him on purpose. Yeah, I, I, I want a real answer. I just – I can't believe this is happening. Like, if you had told me, like, all these different things play out, James, the spring training, like, I could have bought a lot of this, right? Like, the pitching mm-hmm. does this, Knable bounces, sure. and we'll get to the pitching. He looks really good. The one I never would have guessed is, oh, yeah, Mickey Monia. Like, three weeks ago, Girardi said he's not an option in center field. He said that out loud. And then <laughs> Oduble gets hurt. They yep. trade Hazley. This, the kid goes crazy. Is this real? I need to see it in a real game before I believe this is like he's a real player now. Yeah, I do too. I mean, look, it's awesome. It's fun. I just said I don't overreact to spring training stats, right? So I got to stick by that. I will say, though, like he was the number one pick in the draft. And he's 23 years old. Yeah, younger right? than Bryson Stott. Y- younger than most guys when they come up to the major league. You guys are starting to sound like me with Jalen Hurts. He's younger, younger than the guys in the, in the draft. There's a lot get of some more weapons. It, 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 it takes guys some time sometimes. I mean, there's some great, like Nelson Cruz was a quad A player until he was 28. Yeah. You know, it happens. It takes time for guys to figure it out, especially a, a kid who was drafted at 17, drafted as a, a thin guy who's kind of grown into his body he a was bit. really small so when like him. i i'm with you joe like i need to see this in major league games that matter before i'm gonna truly buy into mickey moniak as as a a real potential guy for this team but i will say i, I crazier things have happened than a former number one overall pick figuring it out at 23 and growing into his body all right jack go ahead how, how real is this <laughs> listen I, I, <laughs> here we go no i need to see it too i mean like i'm Believe me, I, I'm over overjoyed with with how he's looked so far. But I don't want to be palm tree Mickey, you know. Like we can't be having, you know, <laughs> spring training only results. I want to see it in a real game. But I thought it was interesting, Kevin Long talking about how Moniak was the easiest fix he's had in his career, and he's been a hitting coach for like 15 years. Yeah, yeah for it, a long time. 16 years that Mickey Moniak was the easiest fix in his entire coaching career. What does that I, say about the Phillies coaching staff before he got Not here? great. No yeah. one ever thought about, hey, let's move him cl- closer to the plate. <laughs> yeah, very complicated. Yeah, too. yeah. So, listen, I I think it's more real than not. Like, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to get in the game and be better. For me, the last couple of years, I would obviously be excited. But it was a lot of fastballs. It was a lot of doing damage right. on fastballs. I mean, the last couple of home runs he's had have been on sliders. Like, it seems like the pitch recognition is getting better. And... I think for a reason to believe, and I believe me, I understand that people want to buy in. He's a number one overall pick that's been largely a bust here. But fastballs in the outside corner, he's actually going the opposite way with intent and with damage. And now, I mean, he's down to like 8% body fat where he just looks like, like last year he got up and was kind of like he clearly ate all offseason and he's definitely bigger. But he it put wasn't on like, weight, but it wasn't great. This yeah. looks like, I mean, cut out fish tacos, started journaling. He's looking stronger. Oh, I read the journal started story. Started journaling. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that's important. So, uh, and his, uh, his motto of this year is bleep it, let's party. So he's, everything's going well for Mickey this year. <laughs> Seems like he's in good headspace. So I, I, I'll say it's more real than not. I don't want to say he's gonna like turn into some superstar, but is it is it unrealistic to believe I I can get a two forty five hitter with fifteen to twenty homers? Well, no. but here's the interesting question I have for you, James: Is he the center fielder most nights? Because uh, in a platoon, as we all know, the left side of the platoon plays more. Than, oh, absolutely. What sixty five percent of pitchers are right handed? So if it's a platoon. He's the center fielder for the, most of the games here. I, I don't know if it is yet. I got like they'll play Montas on they'll go against Montas on Friday. Who's playing center field? Because if it's a platoon, it's Mickey. Yeah. No, and I think it will be Mickey. I, I I don't know if it'll be a straight platoon. And you know, Joe loves to look at Girardi loves to look at all the splits, and there right. are a lot of the righties who have reverse splits and all that type of stuff. So gotta make the playoffs to be the real judge. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he has some you know lineups where you, you don't see it coming and all that, but. I don't know if it'll be a straight platoon per se, but I do think it'll be, a, a for all intents and purposes, a platoon where the guy who hits wins. Like, I think it's going to be one of those things where if one of these guys, Veerling or Moniak, 
is able to really get on a roll and start hitting, I think they have a chance to grab the job and run with it. So I think it'll start as a platoon, but I don't know I don't know who he favors to begin and kind of where it goes from there. And we'll see with the, the bone bruise today. I mean, he got hit pretty hard. with X-rays negative. Which X-rays is good. negative, but I think there's some swelling there. So, we'll so for see. Friday, it might be Veerling either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. If just opening day-wise, I'd, I'd probably Veerling and maybe Mickey misses the first weekend. All right, the same thing at third base because it's it, it, that's going to be a platoon too, I guess. I mean, sure. But now you have more names in there, right? So it's it's Stott, it's Alec Boma's up, and there's they gave Johan Camargo a major league contract. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you you know, Girardi's going to put him out there sometimes. Well, at least it's not Ronnie. No, I know. Like, uh, thank God, Ronald Torres is. Well, you know, what? that's not fair because I liked Ronnie last. He was year. great last year. We for ca- them. We call him. Yeah. He was at least a five win player last year. Yeah, uh, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie baseball. by some calculations. By some yeah. calculations, Girardi's so, calculations. Girardi was definitely like well. They sent down Alec Bohm to start running with Ron's race yeah. every day in a freaking playoff chase. Like, what, what are we doing? Do we trust Girardi to f- – because this isn't no. an easy juggle. I, no. Well, no, no I, I don't no, either. We don't. The juggling act with Bohm, Stott, G- Gregorius, who he likes way too much. Way too much. I don't think it's an easy juggling act. You have young players, you have lefty-righty, but then you have the old guy he likes there at shortstop. I'm curious how he's going to get divide playing time here because if, if Stott and Bohm are both up here, I, I heard uh, Dombrowski say, James, that – Girardi said he could find playing time for everyone, which sounds wonderful, but you got to actually do it. Yeah, you got to. And, and I don't trust him. I don't. Like, Joe Girardi clearly seems like one of these guys who trusts his dudes, trusts vets, yep. all that type of stuff. And this is a platoon where you want to see Bowman Stott out there. You want to see these guys, see what they got, see if one of them can take the job and run with it. And they're two young dudes, you know? So I, I'm I'm very concerned. Look, I like Carmago as a defensive replacement late, all that type of stuff. Bench guy, yeah. Bench guy. He's a nice player to have on your team, but... He can't be starting over these guys. Like, we got to find out, if if nothing else, find out what you have in those guys and, and move forward with one of them. Yeah, and and honestly, there's a part of me that believes that, because well, there's 28 men until May, so that they can have the two extra For now, they spot. could. They, I'm not sure that they're not going to keep that. Well, I guess we'll see how pitching injuries pile up, but I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept the 28 I for a little while longer. I wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, at least for the first month. I think from I think the reason why Boehm is staying up here is because I think they want him working with Kevin Long every day. Like, I think, like, Kevin Long last year, Schwarber started off really slow. Yeah. And then as Kevin Long kept working with them, they got Schwarber to a point where, like, he was he got a $79 million contract this offseason because of because of Kevin Long. He had, like, 20 home runs in June last yeah. year. And yeah, I, it was, like, 20 and 24 games or something insane like that. And I think that they want Bohm to stay up here and work with him every day rather than going, going and getting AAA at bats. I think they view that as more valuable possibly for their future. And in the meantime, it can be, it can be Stodd and, and possibly Camargo. I don't no, I don't think Bohm's going to play that much. I literally think he's just here to work in the cage with Kevin Long and kind of candle his development. Could be a pinch hitter late in games for, mm-hmm. for Moniak or for uh, DD. I mean, he, we could see him in that role. Defensive replacement. Yes. Yes. You don't think so? <laughs> you, you sure about that? Is he going to be any better at third base? No. Any better? No. He's no. just bad. Oh, he's just he's, he's just he's his body is dude, not made to play third. We base. were down, we were down in spring training and he was just even in practice, like fielding ground balls was fighting the ball, and I was like, "Imagine what it's like in the game." No it's, shot. No, no shot. it's it's you feel like you just feel something bad's going to happen every the time the ball goes near him. It's I, like I tell you, I can't wait for Bryson Stott. He's won me over here in spring training, and I I am not worried about them playing him at short third if he goes to second. Sometimes, like, do you have any fear? Is there any like? P.S. You know, post-traumatic stress from the Scott King experience. I think that thing is so overrated. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I, I, there, you know, the only person who's responsible for Scott Kingery not being a major league player is Scott Kingery. He he never could decipher balls from strikes. Yeah. That was his problem. I hate that narrative. The oh, they moved him around and thus he couldn't play. Ben Zobris played like ten positions. The good you know, teams do this years. all the time. Teams do this all the time, and there's so many guys who come up and have to move around and find a spot and all that. Like, nope. I, I don't buy that narrative at all, and I'm 100% with you with Stott. I'm fine with him playing anywhere in the infield. And the reason why I think it's different than Kingery, and I've said this a couple times, is that like Kingery was an aggressive hitter. So every time that a, a pitcher would come in and start breaking the ball into death, like he couldn't do anything with it. What do you see with Stott's at bats? is that he knows when to launch. He knows when to, I can attack this pitch and do damage with it. He has very good pitch selection when it comes to trying to do some damage. So, you know, I, I trust, you trust eyes. You trust you trust guys' ability to, to see a strike zone, feel a strike zone. And Stott just has that way more than Kingery ever had. Like, Kingery was a, a bit of a free swinger, even with the launch angle nonsense. 
Yeah, and even when he did well, it didn't feel sustainable. Like, no. It, it, yeah, it what was... he bat like two seventy five that one month, and people yeah. are like, "Well, there's Kingery breakout." Here it's he like, is, eh. and he was still striking out a lot. Well, he only had one good season in the minors. One good That's, month, like well, in the minors. I'm talking about. He only had one like elite season. Other than that, you look at the numbers; it's pretty average. He had that one awesome year. He got the, you know, contract, and he was never, never as good ever again. He was never good in the major leagues. Ever. He had, again, he had one month. He had yes. one month where he looked like a major league. The Don player. Brown of the late <laughs> no, he is. 2010. He, really he wasn't as the... good as Don Brown. Yeah. Don Brown was a way better major league How player. How about that? Scott Kingery, bigger bust than Don Brown. <laughs> they didn't know that was possible. Cost him a lot more money, too. $24 million just yeah. down. I mean, those yeah. option years, those are no's. How about that? <laughs> you think? Yeah. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. You want to join us. High Hopes Podcast is here for the hour. James Seltzer, Jack Fritz. All right. We did all the offense. We did all the hitting. On the other side, we need to talk about the pitching and the defense. The the, the two things that could derail this. And <laughs> defense we'll, is for nerds. All right, here we're, we're <laughs> just. I can't wait to hear, see Jack's reaction on on th- on Friday when the ball goes through someone's legs. Oh, if defense buddy. is for nerds. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety for Ohio's potting. and we'll talk defense, pitching, and season predictions next. Right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. It is the High Hopes Pod. In for the hour, it is our uh, Phillies Roundtable show. we got a lot of great guests coming up. Ruben Amaro is going to be with us at 7. Chad Durbin next hour. Scott Fransky for a far. Scott's doing double duty today. I know. Is he trying to take our jobs? That's what Like, I, is that his? This is the next step. Yeah. You know, like, the backup career like, when hey, he's done with this. Hey, pal, we got families to feed, too. Like, <laughs> relax. I actually that. thought Scott was. He loses would... L.A. for one time, and now he's going to come in and try to take our job? I thought he'd back out because I found out he was doing the morning show. I was sure. like, oh, that's all right. He's doing the morning. It's okay. He can't join us tonight. He's like, no, I want to do it what a beast i know so he'll be with us in the eight o'clock hour and um i'm excited to talk about this part of the team because we we got all the excitement out the hitting and the (laughs) offense all the good stuff all the good stuff and now we got to talk about the stuff that i'm i'm worried about which is all right let's let's start with the defense jack you said defense is for nerds Uh uh-huh and and um (laughs) we'll see if you have the same feeling a month or two or three from now well listen i i April Jack doesn't care about July Jack's issue with the the Phil's defense. But I can see the sadness that August yes. Jack has when the defense costs him another game. And I can also see September Julio. <laughs> oh, no. I can't do it again. Come on, man. For the fifth straight year, September Julio? There's nothing worse than September Phil. <laughs> when I'm sitting here doing it's final out the after another of loss. my existence, yes. They just, it's just soul-crushing. Oh, it really it's just is. like we're doing this again. All right, before we get to yes. September and what our predictions are. I'm worried about the defense. Yeah. I, I know I know we could poo-poo it and say it's not a big deal. Right. Are, are they above average at any position? Well, here's the thing. Just answer that. Here's my reason. <laughs> here's why I need you to calm down. Okay. All right? Just I haven't got an question. answer yet. Yeah, calm just down. The question. Calm down. Third base is better if Stott's playing there. You're getting shortstop range at third base with a guy that actually plays. Okay. We'll so see how much he plays there, though. If Didi can't get the, the, the same balls that he used to be able to get to. He's Stott, not going to get to if, them. Stoddy can get the five six hole. He can cut that shortens Didi's range. Okay. Gene Segura is very very good at second base, and you know I know he's another year older, but he's a very good second base defensive in their 30s. second base. A good, like very, a very good. good. Uh, good. Hoskins looking skinnier. That's oh all I my got god! There. What that's are we a, doing? That's all I Did got. Did drop a pop up like three weeks ago? Don't worry about pop ups are tough, man. He lost in the Florida sun. Everyone knows the uh, the, the sun's higher down there. Um, left field, I think. Dude, McCutcheon was terrible in left field. I agree with that. I think Schwarber actually grades out decently well DRS-wise. He's still negative. What are you talking about, (laughs) man? You are, like, out of your mind I I, I just don't think the defense is – I think it's going to be bad. But I don't think it's going to be detrimental. And I think it's going to be better than last year's. And I thought last year's was terrible. I think center field, I think Moniak and Veerling are pretty good. Uh, And right field's Harper, who's fine. I I just don't – I don't view it – it's going to be bad, but I don't think it's going to be the, the the detriment that people think it's going to be. It's going to be horrible. Like, no. let's all be honest. Thank, thank like, you. They're going to be terrible. To be- JT, I would say, is above average. If we're yep. going to pick one guy on the team who's the above you. average thank defender. You. Someone answer the question. Yeah, I had to answer the question. They're going to be horrible defensively, and it's going to it's gonna hurt them. Like, we will have days where we come out of the game saying, wow, they lost that game because of defense. But to Jack's point, I don't think it's going to be something that submarines this team. I think they're going to hit enough to make up for those errors and, you know, hopeful at least. And I think they'll be – I don't think they'll be the worst defense we've ever seen. I just think they're going to be bad. Well, listen. I know that, are, that, 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 that. Listen that, to that. You know, that's, that, that's there's the a podcast bar title. I'm sure. We're talking about some podcasts. I don't think they're going to be the worst defense we've ever seen. I just know that I'm sitting here with two guys 
that watched Reese Hoskins play left field for an mm-hmm. entire season. The worst left fielder I've seen in my entire and life. The, the worst outfielder I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the worst player at a position I've ever seen in my Besides life. Besides Didi last The year. day that Kingry pitched, people forget that he dropped a ball in left field <laughs> that I could have made the play. I mean, it's just like any of us could have made hey, the you play. You want to know why I don't forget that day? <laughs> Because I produced both games of that doubleheader <laughs> on PhD, and it was twenty to four. I will never forget Angelo's reaction the next morning yeah. when of Kingery yeah. pitching. That that team was in the in the race, dude. I know, and and like Gabe. What, yeah, you're telling Gabe! me. You're telling me a team that started Carlos Santana at third base down the stretch oh, run man. of that year, and 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 um, Justin Bohr at first base. They had five first base in the lineup in one game. Yeah, like listen, it's gonna be bad. It's just like. I've seen them be the worst defense in the history of the sport, so I don't think they're going to be that. But can they out-hit it? So, like, anyone— Well, they sh- if they can't out-hit it, we got a problem. Well, but, like, I'm sure you guys saw the Jason Stark piece, The Athletic, a couple weeks ago. There's only been a handful of teams that have ever had defenses that are as bad as we think this will be that actually won. And they're all built by the same guy. I know, it's Dombrowski's teams. <laughs> but that team had Miguel Cabrera and Prince mm-hmm. Fielder. I mean— yeah. And some elite <laughs> pitching I, as sure, well. Sure, yeah. yeah. You don't think that there's five Cy Young uh, winners right. on this rotation? <laughs> now, now you led me to that. So the pitching. Do they have enough pitching? Not they don't have good pitchers. They have good pitchers, right? I, I, on I, paper, yeah. Yeah, you look at the rankings. I think a couple sites had them as top 10 or 15 Fangrass rotation. has a number three. Fang, are you writing for Fangrass these days? <laughs> they did talk to Billy Falter today. That was All right. exciting. I did see that. Um I worry about the depth of their pitching. Like, if you tell me right now these guys stay healthy for the most part all season, I think there's enough pitching. I think it's above average, and it's it's pretty good. I just Let's start with the rotation, and the bullpen we'll get to because that's always the, the concern in Philadelphia. What do you think of the rotation? I, I think you nailed it. Like, I think if those five guys stay healthy, it's a good rotation, not even average or whatever. That is it would a be good. good. It's a good rotation, especially because I believe in Ranger. I do. I don't. He's not going to be a one-five ERA guy, but I think Ranger's good. Like I think he's a, a major league starting pitcher. So I feel really good about the five. I think Eflin could have a bounce back season. Contract year for Eflin, like a big spot for yep. Zach. Obviously, he's looked awesome in spring. Looks like he's back. The Wheeler, you know, injury is a concern, but. If they stay healthy, Gibby is a, a fine fifth. Like, he's not great, but he'll give you he's innings. He's a five. He's a five. He's, he's a classic five. Yeah. Like, I feel really good about the five they have. But to your point, who's next? Like, every year, every year pitchers go down. Every year we deal with pitchers, pitcher injuries, and I don't see that depth of roster and depth of system, right? Like, we see other teams bring up minor leaguers. Like, the Padres can bring up Mackenzie Gore for a start if they need to, or this, or that, or whatever. Like, that's a hundred percent my concern. Is if if and when one of these guys go down for any sort of extended period of time, what's next? So I think we counted the other night, Tucker. And I think there was like twenty five starts last year by guys that weren't the, the top five most started pitchers on the team. How'd that go? And that's not bad. Like I, I that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. But if there has to be twenty five or thirty this year, who's taking the ball? Who are the next? Let's just go with three names, Jack. Who are the next three guys? That are going to start games for this team. Bailey Falter. Uh, right. I was going to say bullpen, bullpen, and bullpen. Well, Bailey Falter, <laughs> Hans Kraus, and Christopher Sanchez. And like, if you, <laughs> I know it's not exact. Well, Bailey's. I like Bailey's Bailey Falter. Yeah. I think you can get by with Bailey Falter. Bailey, I think Bailey's interesting. Uh, I would actually say pitching depth is my is a bigger concern for me than the defense. Like just because. I think with how April's going to be, they have no off days. They've had a shortened spring training. Pitchers aren't fully stretched out. Although, I mean, definitely like seven innings. I should believe it. Like, yeah. What are we doing? Um, I was thinking, can we save some of those innings yeah, for the season? Of course. Here's save some home runs and save some innings. We uh, didn't even know if he was going to start the season with yeah. that injury. Yeah, they said May could have yeah. been. Yeah. But my well, he thing wants is, his money. He, he needs does. A contract. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm so saying. that would be great. And I, I, I would just, I would die for Eflin to put it together for one year because I think there's a really good pitcher. There. I do too. Uh, it's just that he's never done it, and he's worn down. He's a heavy body. Who could forget the heavy <laughs> that body? Was the worst. It was the worst. Another thing they blamed. Another thing they blamed Gabe for. Um, <laughs> so you have you had Eflin, who's just never. He's never done it. Gibson, I think. I think Gibson stinks. I really do. Like, I just, well, he's on the wrong team. He needs a great defense. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, Stott's at third base now, so oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, Mike not... Schmidt, Scott Rowland, yeah, Bryce Stott. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't. The lineage. Yeah, he doesn't inspire confidence in me. I don't trust Nola. Like, the metric articles drive me crazy because it's just you're just not watching. I mean, the, the strikeout numbers are fine. Well, he should be good. He should be good. He strikes right. a bunch of guys out. He doesn't walk anyone. Like that means you you should be good. I know, but it's the it's the O two home runs that he just can't put guys away. And I 
my worry is that runners in base is like kind of in his head now. It's like it's almost like oh gosh, really? Like a, a runners on base now, and he hasn't been able to almost put them that behind him since 2018. I think we'll get a better Nola. Like he won't be a four four guy like he yeah, was last he year. Be. But they desperately need a three two to three five from him for this team to be good. So um, and a September and a September. That's the biggest worry. And one Brave start. Yeah. Can I just get one <laughs> like one good start against the Braves in Atlanta where Listen. I don't have to hear the freaking tomahawk chop? Gabe was right get him out of the game against yeah, he, knows, man. he knows the numbers so i i don't know the, the rotation worries me a lot just health wise like eflin's never done it no i don't trust wheeler with the shoulder thing already i don't know he, he threw 200 innings for the first time in his career last year so expect him to bounce back and be the same guy I, I can't put my confidence behind that I started to wonder if the defense is in Nola's head because he doesn't throw the two-seamer anymore. Yeah. He wants to strike everyone out, and that's what he's, the home runs are like, those fastballs over the plate. I just – he didn't seem – he seems like he's afraid of this defense behind him, and I would be too. I was just about to say, can you blame him? <laughs> no. Of course. And, 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 and that can get – that's a dangerous thing because then he's trying to strike everyone out. You know, then he's trying to get that pitch yeah. always, and, and that gets you into trouble. You need to trust your defense at times, and you need to be economical with your pitches at times. And if you don't trust your defense, that, that really does create a problem. Now, he did drive across country in a van this offseason. That was his offseason big thing. So maybe he's in a good headspace now. Aaron was in a van across across the country? Yeah. Nola? Yeah, him is his fiance and his dog just All driving right. across wow. country. That, that, that actually strikes me as an Aaron Nola thing. Yeah. yeah. Getting could, in a van and going across the country. anyone at this station do that? I mean, I could. Really? I went on fish tour. Oh, yeah. I I always forget this side of you. I can handle that, buddy. You mean like can anyone here handle it or like in their current state? Because like Mark says, three kids and babies. Yeah, now I couldn't, obviously. I was talking, yeah, Yeah. I'm 40 with a kid. Right. Like, I think I could do it, but not with two kids. I think Kefra could do it. Kefir is about to do it, right? Yeah. Straight down to Memphis or whatever. Guys, guys leaving us, which I didn't know was allowed. You know, I, I know you're I allowed know. to leave WIP. Unbelievable. Let's take a call here, and then we'll hit the bullpen stuff. Chris in Phoenixville wants to talk. What's up, Chris? Chris, you there, buddy? I'm here. Can you hear me? Got you. What's you up? What, what are you thinking? Uh, this is the time of year. Everybody gets pumped up. It's the beginning of a new. Everybody has a shot. Um, I think the one thing that the Phillies shouldn't do, but they're going to do, is why would you – put somebody at their second best position and make them feel, you know, make your whole defense feel amateur. So if you think Stott's going to be the man at short, you put him there from day one. DD should be either at first, third, or put away to the pastures or DH, and then um, maybe trade Reese Hoskins for a pitcher that can close, or you, you rely on an injured pitcher. Dominguez has been injured for five of his years in the minor leagues, so I think you, you got to get the guys and put the best guys at each position. And th- this way you have a solid shortstop as opposed to half-assed across the board. But don't you, don't you want like, the best players on the team? Isn't that what they're doing? Like the, By bringing Stott up, they're putting the best 28, and, and then they're not worrying about yeah, the position so much. You put them at short. You know, you, then you've you got the same thing that happened to Kingery. You put uh, them in an yeah, unnatural but, but, but Chris, position. Do you, you think Kingery failed Bloody. because of the position thing? No, no, no. I think it was a bad, bad instruction and bad pitching or hitting instruction. He just started to go. He was bad. A. Scott Kingery is not a, a good baseball player. That's no, no, what no, no. happened, in man. Double, in Double A, he was. He had a different one year. When he got he had the, one good year in Double A. Like, well, what are we talking about? Let's look at Dominic Brown. Let's look at Michael Taylor. These guys were all studs, allegedly, according to Major League Baseball. Yeah, but Chris, a lot of players are studs in the minors. Yeah. Don't work out. And also, yeah, prospect ranking is not a perfect sign. Man, like yeah, there are so it many guys. Like Phillies. it happens all the time where guys are highly ranked and don't pan out, or like Paul Goldschmidt wasn't on any ranking ever, and he comes up and he's a stud. Okay, like so it, it, it is an overrated thing to just rely on those prospects. Let's not be homers here. How come Asuna's there? How come um, Rosario? How, how come the Braves can do it, but the Phillies? Rosario was a trade. The Braves are better at finding no talent. Sure. I mean, obviously, the Braves are Acuna and Albies. They're better. Yeah, no question. Matt Clentech and Ruben Amaro are single-handedly destroyed our minor league system. Well, I mean, the Phillies never really had a minor league system, yeah. Chris. I mean, they had one run. Because, Chris, we appreciate the phone call. Yeah, we, I mean, we listen, could argue but, about the minor leagues. But we know the minor league system. Like They haven't been great at getting guys to reach their ceiling at the major league level. I mean, that's yeah, that's just a fact. But I think a lot of that also goes back to drafting and not drafting the right kind of things. You know, I think – but I will say, I think it's turning a corner. I think they have the right guy down I hope, there yeah. leading that charge. So, and, and honestly, given where they are payroll-wise, the only way they're really going to compete 
in this kind of core window is if they can get guys up from the minor leagues and get guys that can contribute because you're committing, you know, Two hundred million dollars, essentially, to five or six players. Yeah, I know they went over the tax, but there's only so many one hundred million dollar players they can have. Yeah, which they, they and they they they're not going to stay over the tax. Yeah, and but even if they're around it, like even you can have what four or five of these guys. That's yeah, it. You then nice. you got to fill in. Yeah. Even the Dodgers only have so many of these mm-hmm. guys. It just it doesn't work. All right, let's get to the bullpen. I mean, we we can't avoid it. It's 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 Philadelphia. I mean, this is the Phillies. It's, <laughs> this is this is the Achilles heel every year. I am cautiously optimistic there at you the, go. Top, the top end of the bullpen. Uh-huh. Knable, yeah. Sir Anthony. Yeah. I think Familia will be fine. Fine. He will yeah. have five or six games. Where at the everyone... end of the season, we'll look at his numbers and say, that was good. Yeah. But you're right. There are going to be a few nights where people are going to be cursing his name. He's going to be the name that you get on the call screen oh, yeah, buddy. during the midday show oh, yeah, a lot. Buddy. Like, people oh, are going to yeah. hate him, but his numbers will be okay. I agree. That's kind of where I'm. I'm done feeling great about. I. I everything else in there. I. I didn't like the Brad Hand signing. Mm-mm. And everything else is just like they're throwing stuff at the wall. I. I. I could see it being a little bit better, but then I also, James, I worry about Girardi and his management of the bullpen. It's just, it's not good. <laughs> yes. It's not. Everyone blames the guys they have, but he's part of it. He's done a horrible job. A horrible job. And even with like having guys not up for a night and all this type of weird stuff oh, and yeah. not letting guys pitch multiple nights in a row and like just going way overboard with all that type of stuff. I, I'm all for protecting your pitchers. He seems to go way overboard with that type of stuff. And and you're right. The feel for what guys in what spots is missing. Like Girardi has been bad. But, 5.2 ERA as I mean, it's, a, a, it's the bullpen he got here. It's horrendous. I mean, they had the worst bullpen in the history of baseball two years ago and Last year was the most blown saves in the history of baseball. We've had bat- we had a seven ERA one year and the most blown saves in the history of the sport the year after. I mean, think about that. It is it is like all time bad futility there. But I agree with your point. The guys you t- like Knable, it's just if he stays healthy. Yep. If he's healthy, yeah. he's awesome. He could be an awesome. People are going to love Corey Knable if he stays healthy. Sir Anthony, I'm really really excited about him being back. I think he's a legitimately talented dude, and if he can stay healthy and get back, I feel good. But I'm with you, like. I, I don't have a lot of faith. That, uh, I'm nervous about Alvarado. I'm nervous about Coonrod, who's already here. Brogdon. I loved Brogdon. Where, I was does, all, where does Velocity and go? And I'm terrified about Brogdon. So, like, I, I'm I'm with you. I think they might be better than the last two years, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season we look back and say, what was this team's Achilles heel? It wasn't the defense. It was the bullpen. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, the one thing I like more about this bullpen than in years past is I, I just trust that the guys they have at least have stuff. Like, even Nick Nelson, who they – got off waivers it's still 97 with a good change up and a, and a pretty good curveball yeah no, it's, a, it's a flat fastball it's not great but I think they at least have guys that that have legitimate major league stuff where in years past it was like we're bringing up guys who just have no shot so uh it's it's funny it's either I think the Phillies bullpen's either gonna be top 10 or bottom 10 like it's, I don't think there's <laughs> what a any prediction. I, love like, I don't think there's any in between I think they're either they hit and they're they're really good because they have stuff I mean Knable stuff Alvarado stuff uh Familia stuff yep. Sir Anthony stuff Brogdon, who is, I mean, he's back up to 95 his last game, which is. Coonrod throws hard. Coonrod throws hard. And he's like the, you know, he's like the fifth or sixth guy down at the bottom of the bullpen. Um, they have guys with actual stuff, which I which I like, but there's also the reality that a lot of them get hurt. Like, Familia is the only one that doesn't really have an injury. History. That's why he's going to be the one that callers flip out on. Yeah. Him. He's going to pitch the most games. Yep. Yeah, he's the, no yeah. one's going to get his name right, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> the, the WIP callers are going to struggle with it. Do and we think what, – what, what will his name be? Jerry? Instead of Jerry? Jer- yeah, yeah, for sure. Jerry stinks. Yeah, I could hear Family. it. Family. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Jerry family. Yes, but, you know, so it's. I think it's either top 10 or bottom 10. I don't think there's an in-between there. So uh, I like that these guys have stuff. I think the upside is definitely there. I think Knable, if he's healthy, you know, obviously Papelbon was fine. But best closer since Lidge. He's going to be better than Papelbon? <laughs> I kind of forget the Papelbon era. I don't yeah, really Philly count it. Philly saves leader all time. Yeah, I don't really count it. I got to be honest. Well, he was good. He was crafty. He was yeah. crafty. Yeah. All right, let's take a call, and then we got to get our win, win predictions from these guys. And uh, and and I need a bold take. Hot take, bold take, bold prediction, something. I mean, what did you – I think what Jack told me last year mm. around this time was Alvarado something about the greatest Alvarado's reliever. Alvarado's the greatest reliever in Phillies history. <laughs> no, it was yes. no, no, it I was Alvarado. I've seen Papelbon. Alvarado's the greatest reliever I've ever Sounds seen. Sounds familiar. I think I just heard something like that about someone else. Alvarado's not going to allow a run. Was the take? What do you mean, like ever? <laughs> yeah, that season. <laughs> Matt is in Wilmington. What's up, Matt? Hey, fellas, how you doing? Good, Matt. What's on your mind? What are you thinking? 
Um, I'm thinking, why are we keeping Alec Bohm in up on this roster when he could be better off being live pitching, get, like on a regular basis in AAA? And I get you want to see, keep him with Long and, and working on his stuff here, but I think like what value does that provide when you're not seeing regular like starting pitchers? It's a fair question. I think most teams would send him down, Matt. I mean, if you have a player you still believe in, you want to get him consistent at-bats. I mean, Jack brought up the point of keeping him with Kevin Long. The other thing I wonder is if they – maybe they still want to trade him. And that you, was my thought. You throw him down there, it makes it, him look bad. That, Joe, that was my exact thought. Matt, I think that could be part of it. That there's still maybe a, a – he could be in a trade this year. If, That's if, true. Um, you know, if, if Stott takes off and just claims third base, what are they going to do with him? They're going to trade him. Yeah, you don't want to Spencer Howard him, or you want to be able to Spencer Howard him where you're able to dump him off or something before his value diminishes. Right. Um, but on another note, I think that the way this, the, the, the big five or six of this lineup, the way that they are constructed could lead to Reese Hoskins being a potential MVP candidate if everything falls right. That's my hottest take. That is a fire take right there. I like, I like right the fire there. take thrown in there. Matt, we appreciate it. So Reese Hoskins, I mean, he would have to – have 120 RBI, like a, uh, a Jose Abreu kind of season a few years ago. Yeah. That, that's the only way. Hoskins MVP? I mean, if Hoskins is the MVP, this team's winning 105 <laughs> games. All right. you, you, well, you brought up the win total. Let me, let's, what to watch for your sponsor by Xfinity. Xfinity, the faster net in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity X1 Lounge. I'm watching and listening to see what the, uh, the boldest take we can get from these guys is. All right, so give me a win total. James, and then give me a uh, a bold take on the team, a player, something. Okay, so I'll actually give you two bold takes. Okay. One of them is tied to my win total. Okay, I like so it. So I'll do that one second. First, my – and I don't know how bold this is, but I think Bryce is back-to-back MVPs. I think Bryce Harper is going to win the MVP again this season and have an empirically better season than he did last year. I well, agree. Well, 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 wait a second. I agree. If this happens, I mean, they might as well just carve out the plaque and Cooper. Damn right, three buddy. MVPs. Yep. You're in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah, oh, he's, he's already well in. The, I mean, well, Bryce I Harper's going to way. be a Hall of Fame, right? Of course, but sure. I mean, there's been two time MVPs. And, yeah, but no, it's, three, a, it's a special it's thing. Different. Mike Schmidt, one of them. There uh, until Bonds, like there was no one above three. You right. know? Yeah, so, of course. So it, it I, I think Bryce Harper's going to win the MVP. And, again. To, and to James's point, like he just looks like when they signed him, I thought they were getting a really good player, but it looks like he is turning to the best hitter in the sport. Like, which I didn't think was a realistic outcome. Like, I thought he was just going to be really good here, and I won in Bryce Harper. But how he's looking right now, he's two different swings. So even when a guy is, he thinks a curveball's coming, he has a, a toe tap ready to go. Like, he is so locked in. I, I can't believe, I, I can't believe how good Bryce Harper they, is. Well, they can't waste this, right? The year they got last year, well, they James didn't. Well, they have. They did last year. They no, have. but they. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but to their credit, is that they yeah. they didn't just say, "Okay, we'll get Schwarber and I be know. done." No, but like you have something special here. I mean, last. I mean, if he's better than last year, holy moly! Because his OPS was almost at eleven hundred. Yes. I mean, we're talking Bonzi and kind of not- three hundred nine last year. Yeah, I mean, no insane. one thought Bryce Harper's coming here and bagging three hundred nine here. Um, all right, and then my other. So it's a tie, uh, tied prediction. Uh, bold. I think it's pretty bold, but mm. I I have an eighty nine wins. Okay, but. I have them winning the division Bang. at 89 wins. So everyone's kind of in the 80s. I think everyone's in the 80s. I got the Mets at like 85, 86. The Braves at like 87, 88. And the Phillies win the division with 89 wins. Oh, Similar we, to we Braves get a last year. September Let's game. go, baby. You know what that means? That means baseball in October you're here. damn right, buddy. I, do, do we know what the rule is for the three-game series in the first round? You don't get any home games if you're the road team. Correct. So even if they make the playoffs as a wild card, there'd be no games here unless they won a series. Right. And then they would obviously get games in the next round. So James is guaranteeing October baseball in Philadelphia. Lock it in. I might tear up. I really like just thinking about it gets wow. me all uh, <laughs> warm and fuzzy inside. So, you know, a lot of people accuse me, I would say, of of being over the top. A little bit. <laughs> no. Being optimistic about the Phillies. Yeah. Well, but, you're just emotional either way. Like, you want to fire everyone, cut everyone when they're bad. And then when this is happening, Moniac's all of Famer. So, the best Mickey ever to play baseball is what I heard. <laughs> and the best day, so. left handed yeah. hitter in the team right now. Yeah, yeah. How about um, it? But, I, like, I, to my credit, I. And my win totals the last <laughs> to couple, my credit, by the way, my win totals the last couple of years have been lower than everyone else's. Like I was eighty six and eighty four the last couple of years, so I never really fully bought in. First time I'm going over ninety wins. I think they win ninety one games. 
Uh, I just think that people are afraid to get there because they've let this team down. This whole city is truly being a bunch of cowards. Like, look Hard at, to blame them, like, though. Oh, I mean, it's like post-traumatic stress. It's been a decade. I know, but this— like, And also, again, like we just talked about, it's been like three straight years of, this is the year, and then it wasn't the year. You know, and yes. then they die in September. Yes, well, yeah, that's, sad, that's personal way. for you. We know what that's about. You and your September Phillies. Final so. out after a fifteen to five <laughs> oh, loss buddy. in September is brutal. Yeah, well, listen, it's gonna get longer this year because you want you guys both wanted AL baseball in the NL. So I hope you enjoy your longer games. The Phillies need it. Yes. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh huh. And my my bold take is that Mickey Moniak has a better rookie season than Bryson Stott. Wow, that is very bold. That is bold, and an interesting take. Yeah, yeah. thanks. That's what I do, pal. <laughs> do you notice how his take was one that didn't like mean that they both couldn't be great? You know, he found right, a way better. to— better. Better. You one know? guy hits 300, yeah. one guy hits 330. There's yeah. no negative. Listen, Stadi can have his little slap singles to the left side. I'll take dingers. That's what I get out how of Mickey Moniak. How many home runs is Mickey Moniak hitting? 17. That, I would take that in a second. From your nine hitter, wow! Yeah. From a guy that we didn't think was a major leaguer, half two I months, mean, two let's, weeks ago. Let's be honest: the vast majority of Philadelphia wrote this guy off, has written this guy off. Could you, know? you imagine? The last thing we'll talk about. The last thing we'll hear. Could you imagine telling someone in this city two years ago that Mickey Moniak of the 2016 <laughs> number one picks or top picks? Yeah. Would be the one here playing no, well, and the other guys no, would be gone. No. Dude, Mickey Moniak. <laughs> no, I can't. I it's like. Insane. I still don't really believe it. Like when you think about who was picked that year, like I still really don't. Mickey Moniak is going to be starting in center field for a playoff game this year for that. the Fighting Phils. Wow, he just keeps going. I How's that? Going? So you haven't won in the division. Yes, in '91. Yeah, I think the Mets think. I think like they're, they're already with the Grom and, and Scherzer. They're already falling apart, uh, and their lineup is like so. Like, congrats on signing Car- Starling Marte. Like, awesome. Cute little team you have there. <laughs> and the, the, getting rid of Freddie Freeman, like, there has to be some baseball gods that are like, you got rid of a guy that was the pillar to you winning a yeah. championship. I'm sorry. You're not winning the division. Acuna's not back till May. I will take the fills over all those Also teams. a magical run into late October, yeah. like, to come back. And we just saw the Nationals fall apart the year after. Like, it's tough to do that, especially your first, as a franchise, your first World Series since 95. Like, it's been a long time, like, it's tough to ratchet it back up after that and have that same sort of fire, you know? Playoff baseball in Philadelphia. You getting excited? I am getting excited. Yes! That's, I can see it on your why, face! That's why we batted leadoff. I'm going to see. We'll see by the end of the night if my win total has jumped. I'm at 86, <laughs> but you guys are making me feel like I think this team stinks compared to you. All right, this was fun. Thank you guys for coming in. High Hopes Pod Hour. Uh, when is the next po- podcast out? Tomorrow night. Yes. Tomorrow night. All right, subscribe to the High Hopes Podcast. James Seltzer, Jack Fritz. Thank you. Ruben Amaro is going to join us next on the Phillies Roundtable on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.